Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Oh, that's the party. Welcome, my friends. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world-famous Smokin' uh-huh. and Toastin'. And uh, welcome. We, we're back. It's the return of the Mac, my friends. Uh, we are back after a, uh, a slightly longer-than-planned holiday break, but, uh, but no matter, because we are back now, and it's show number 264 of our program that's all we're about— We're halfway to 300. Yes, we are. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My uh, erstwhile partner, Ian Barry, is remote today. How you doing there, brother? I'm doing good. You look like you're having a great time. In fact, you're just you're doing that to taunt me, see, because I can't have a cigar here in the studio. But you are you know, you're so, making such so, a show of smoking that one, you know? <laughs> being in exile or quarantine or yeah. whatever you'd like to call it, uh, and, and having to be on the show remote and having to like smoke my own cigar and everything while we're doing the show. It's the worst. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I can tell you. So, so you're okay. You're just in quarantine, right? I am. Uh, we had a uh, we had a, uh, a positive test in the household uh, quite a few days ago. So I've got to do my five days of quarantine. We've got no symptoms whatsoever. Um, my wife is, has a little bit of sniffles, and uh, she's almost over that. So both of us have been um, have been vaccinated and had the booster shot even. Uh, but uh, apparently, somehow over the holidays, yeah, it, least, it, it, latched, it I, latched on a little bit. I keep reading that even if you wind up testing positive, that if you're vaccinated and have the booster shot, that's kind of your best chance at it not being so severe. No guarantee, but it's your right, best chance, right. you know. So, and I've had I've had almost nothing whatsoever. I had a runny nose for uh, a day or two, and then that was about it. And uh, today I'm feeling uh, just fine. As a matter of fact, I was telling. You guys, before the show, I got, I had a few days off where I literally couldn't go anywhere, do anything. So I ended up fixing up my yard. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. All kinds of stuff over here. So. Well, you're looking good sitting there, you know, puffing on that cigar. What are you smoking there? Uh, this is an HVC. Um, this is one of the uh, HVC uh, uh, edition of Special to 2015. Mm. This is a fantastic little cigar, buddy. Oh mine yes. On his. Uh, 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 on his auctions. Yep, yep. And we'll split boxes of them. They're absolutely fantastic. That's, That's awesome. not what I'm going to talk about today. What I'm going to talk about today is the uh, Viva La Vida. Oh, see. Which is, uh, as you inform me, an AJ yep. Fernandez blend. This yes. is a present from my uh, uh, soon to be brother in law, Mike. I'm pretty excited about that. So yeah. I'll fire that up. So you're speaking my c- you're speaking my cigar language there today because that uh, that's one when, when that's one of AJ's blends and uh, it's a uh, uh, it's a pretty highly rated blend in some of the reviews that I've seen, so we'll see. Right, and if you guys are noticing on the video that I'm kind of puffing a whole bunch on this cigar mm-hmm. um, and being obnoxious about it, I am because I'm trying to make you guys jealous in the studio. And you are succeeding. It's working. Yeah, you are succeeding. Let me introduce <laughs> our guest for today who's in the studio with me, Jake Clement from the Texas Whiskey Festival. Jake, welcome to the show. Howdy! Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming back. We uh, we always we always enjoy having people on the second time because they're you know they're they're used to a few things. They don't like 
look at me like I'm completely insane when we do the well well at the beginning of the show and you know things like that you know so it's Makes just sense. you've kind of you've kind of been down the path once here and it uh, it feels a little better so we'll be talking to you about the uh, Texas uh, Whiskey Festival I got lots of questions actually in the in the era we find ourselves in uh, Absolutely. and and so but you've also brought a couple of spirits with you and now Ian Here's where I get to make you a little bit jealous. Yeah, because, I'm a little sad yeah, about this. Yeah. So, uh, so what, what, have, what, what have you brought with you today? Both of these that we'll are be part tasting of later? the um, Tejas collaboration series that the festival has, where we partner with each individual distilleries, our friends, mm-hmm. um, on finishing cask finishing projects, and then release them. The idea is that we're working with friends, the spirits are becoming friends with the barrel, and then we want you to share it with friends. Nice. So that's where Tejas comes from. I like it. Uh, uh-huh, so the beautiful. first one is from Modisette and Sons in Maynard, Texas. It's a single malt that we um, finished in the brandy barrels that Andalusia released. So Andalusia uh-huh. Whiskey Company in Blanco yep, released yep. an orange muscat brandy. Um, we got those barrels from Andalusia and put this single malt in there. It's uh, absolutely fantastic. We just released this in early December. Okay, so this is something that's out in, yes. uh, in it's retail only, stores. No, it's only available at the distillery in Maine. In Maine, okay, yep. gotcha. Uh, and then the second one is a coffee liqueur. From Cafe mm. del Fuego out of Dripping Springs, what makes this one unique is that we aged it an entire year in used iron root bourbon barrels. Oh, now those boys can make some bourbon. Oh, yeah. Well, the good thing about that iron one is root makes beautiful bourbon. after we dumped the coffee liqueur out of it, I took the barrels back to iron root. And we're going to put oh, interesting. And so we're going to reuse stuff. them. Yep. Yeah, we're going to reuse. That them. is so cool. I uh, love that. Awesome. Reuse, recycle. It's a it's it's a wonderful thing, huh? Absolutely. Especially when it produces such tasty spirits. So. Exactly. All right. Well, we'll look forward to sampling those. We're also going to be sampling some beers here now. I know Ian will be sampling a few beers of his own that I'm sure he'll be happy to tell us about. Uh, but in studio, what we've got planned, and I hate that you're going to miss this, Ian, because I know you love this brewery, uh, Brew Dog Brewing Company out of Winchester, I Ohio. Love They're the guy. Guys that do the Elvis juice, you may remember we've had that on the show before. Uh, we'll be sampling their Fake Empire Red Ale, which just I, I haven't had yes. it. It sounds like it's going to be delicious. Let me make delicious. a comment about that Elvis juice. is one of the best juicy IPAs. It's out wonderful. There. It's absolutely it's, wonderful. It's up there with, uh, with Ghost in the Machine mm-hmm. with, with a lot of those really classic, awesome IPAs. And then Stone Brewing Company and Deschutes Brewery have uh, done a collab. They got together on you a hazy. Just here to make me jealous. Uh, they got together on a hazy IPA called Let's Be B E E Homies, and it's apparently got honey uh, involved in a part of the uh, brew. So, uh, so we'll be sampling that. And then from uh, Fort Worth, Texas, Martin House Brewing Company. We uh, we love those guys. They always wow. do odd and interesting beers. Uh, this one is an Astronaut Apocalypse. Imperial Stout with coconut. So we'll be we we'll sounds good. Apocalypse. Yeah. So we'll be checking all of that out today. Plus, we will do uh, drinking news. Uh, it's uh, you know we've had a couple of. Uh, couple of weeks off for me to stock up a little on drinking news stories, which are sometimes hard to find. Uh, but our drinking news teaser headline, Ian, if you want to provide us just a little musical uh, tease there, a little musical. We try to we try to apply these musical signatures so that they stick in the brain and 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 make you subliminally want to like you know send us checks or something. Um, <laughs> uh, the drinking news teaser headline today is amazing new use for beer cans. See the musical signature. I'm telling you, it's it lodges in your brain. Right now, I right now I really want to send someone like five dollars. 
I'm right here. And, <laughs> or, five, or five cigars. Or five <laughs> cigars, even I'm better. I'm also right yeah, here. <laughs> we'll look forward to that. So, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Ian, I, I will mention, as we just kind of get started on the show today, that um, I... Um, I know you're going to be talking about what you're smoking as we as we go along today. I should probably tell you about the uh, the interesting thing that I smoked this week. I went and uh, picked up out of the humidor at Specs actually uh, picked right. up a uh, Cusano 18 Maduro. It's a Toro, and uh, this cigar has been around for a while, and uh, it's it's made actually by uh, uh, by Davidoff, but it's without the ridiculous Davidoff prices, which is a, a wonderful thing. Uh, You've so, said Davidoff. It off twice now in one sentence, so you owe them fifty dollars. I think that's right. Yeah, which is way more than the cigar cost. But it was a nice looking <laughs> cigar. I think we've got some pics of it. Uh, densely packed, a little bit veiny. There were notes of cedar and earth on the pre-light. Um, but the Cusano 18 is a very interesting Maduro. It is blended and rolled, as I said, by Davidoff, and they use two different Maduro tobaccos in this cigar. There's the wrapper, which is a Connecticut broadleaf. And then there's a Brazilian Matafina uh, Maduro in that's in the filler. The binder is from the Dominican Republic, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I understand some of the filler tobacco, by the way, is rare, 18-year-age Dominican. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I wrote down uh, uh, this the word in Spanish. It's uh, it's Oreo. I didn't notice until just now in my notes that autocorrect changed it to Oreo. So it has an 18 year age Dominican Oreo leaves inside Oreo the Oreo uh, leaves. Yeah, right. inside the uh, inside Sounds the cigar. Uh, yeah, now I really want to try one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's probably where the cigar got its name, the 18. Uh, or it could be from the fact that they come 18 sticks to a box. But either way, I was honestly a little underwhelmed by the 18 at first. And that's when I realized that most of what I've smoked lately has been Nicaraguan blends. And I've kind of gotten used to that Nicaraguan pepper blast at the beginning uh, uh, of the cigar when you first light it at the first quarter inch or so. The 18 did not have any of that. What I got at first was kind of a nutty note and a distinct uh, creaminess. Uh, it was not a powerhouse of a cigar by any means. About a half inch in, though, the more complex layers of flavor started to open up. Spicy notes of white pepper left a little tang on my tongue, which was very nice. The nuttiness started to remind me of roasted peanuts. Uh, and I was also getting a hint of coffee in the smoke. The cigar started out really mild. But by the second third, it was definitely ticking up kind of halfway in between mild and medium. Um, <clears throat> the coffee note became more and more prevalent as the cigar smoked, with the nuttiness moving back some, but still still present. Uh, notes of white pepper continued and got a little bit of citrus, maybe a kind of a lime zest uh, around the halfway point. Retro hail was really nice, a charcoal wood note and a sort of a creamy vanilla. The last third stayed consistent, nice complexity, a uh, little more of the white pepper, deep coffee notes and more of the roasted nuts in the final third. The Cusano 18 was one of those cigars, hey, I have these occasionally. They start out very mild, but they get more and more full as they smoke all the way to the end. Like, it's just a slow increase. And I would say by the last third, I'd definitely call it medium. Uh, but in the beginning, I was I was expecting it to be a really mellow smoke all the way through, and that's not exactly how it worked out. Fortunately, it wasn't just the strength of the cigar, though, that continued to build, but the complexity built as it smoked, uh, too. And I was able to identify more and more of the notes as I went. 
percent uh, overall. I love that kind of quality in a cigar. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really is. Overall, a nice smoking experience and an enjoyable cigar. The Cusano 18 Maduro is about a six dollar cigar for the Toro. At that price, it walks the walk. I recommend it and give it a solid five on our price to quality uh, scale, which sounds, means you get what you, you pay that for. Sounds, that sounds to me. Like the kind of cigar where if, if you like mild cigars generally, but you feel like you want to step up a little bit into a medium cigar. Right. That sounds like the a good place to go because it does start off a little more mild. It doesn't have the big pepper well, blast it really or any is. of those kind of and things. And it never gets too big, but if it if it got bigger than you know what you really were looking for at that time, you could still smoke the first two thirds of it and enjoy it, and just you know when it got a little more full, you go okay. I'm going to move on to something else. So yeah, you're and right. It, and at six dollars, that's a pretty pretty good bang. For the absolutely, buck, absolutely. To be honest, when I looked up the uh, price, I didn't really pay attention when I bought it. I was you know, I was restocking on tequila and and uh, and rum actually. Right, so I had right. this whole big order at specs, and I didn't pay attention to what the price was on the cigar itself. So when I looked it up. While I was smoking it, I was actually genuinely surprised. I was expecting an eight or nine dollar uh, cigar, and and I was prepared to say that I didn't know if it quite lived up to an eight or nine. But at six, yeah, all day long, baby. Nice, that was, that nice. was good stuff. So, um, so if you lit your uh, your uh, prize cigar there, your uh, Viva I Levita? am about to. Would you like to? Since you have more information on this cigar than I do, would you like to tell people? Uh, where well, the cigar comes from. This is the Viva La Vida. Mm-hmm. It was made by um, A.J. Fernandez uh, for Artesano del Tobacco. And it's a boutique brand that basically is designed to, um, you know, be a very, you know, you know they, they do this sometimes in, in, in other, other things, like really small, limited boutique um, releases. That that don't produce as much as you know what you might get from you know a my father or or an Oliva. Right, those are still boutique brands, tobacco, but these are really limited, right? Yeah, and so it's it's that kind of thing. They use a Habano Oscuro 2000 wrapper uh, that you probably will notice is a bit toothy there, uh, Ian. I would I would guess, uh, and then it, it has is, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful cigar. It's so incredibly smooth and leathery. It has uh, with. with just small veins going through it. It feels uh, solid all the way down. Not too solid, but yeah. nice solid feel all the way down. It has uh, Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 binders and fillers, and it is all Nicaraguan. It's a Nicaraguan Puro. So uh, so how's it? You getting a little pepper blast there at the beginning? I would guess you are, but... You know, it's it's interesting because it's not as big a, pecker, uh, uh, pecker, uh, a pepper blast. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite Freudian slip on the entire 264 uh, 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 episodes that we've done so far. Nicaraguan pecker blast is a very different thing than Nicaraguan pepper well, you were blast. Saying, you were saying it's not as big a pecker was what you were saying. Yeah, that's what I remember. You guys are making it naughty. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it happens that way. You know. It, so it, right off, right off the top of the cigar, I'm getting this. This really nice coffee note and pepper and um, a little bit of like dark, bitter, very bitter chocolate kind mm -hmm. of thing going on. Yeah. Did it have the big blast of pepper? Or I, I I totally forgot in the in the whole pecker thing. It had a medium pepper blast. A medium pepper blast. Okay. Well, that, uh, that works. A so. It's a little more white pepper too. It's very much 
the uh, the pepper is very settled in the back of the palate. of the palate. Interesting. So, all right. So you'll have to keep reporting to us as you smoke that on how it uh, on how it changes and and morphs. I will do. Uh, uh, that uh, that sounds pretty good. I'm uh, like the man on the street here. Wanted to mention <laughs> we're going to talk to uh, to Jake about the uh, Texas Whiskey Festival and doing a festival in the times that that we're in, which is challenging. I know we talked to Chris Hart about that quite a bit from the uh, uh, from the Whiskey Social. From the Whiskey Social, uh, yeah. And then also um, also we are, are going to bring you an interesting list. It's that January time when all these lists come out about 2021. And we have a list that came to us uh, from Hop Culture of the 21 best beers of 2021. And so we'll go over that list. And then Ian and I have uh, also jotted down our you know handful of personal favorites uh, from last year. And at least the rules for our stuff is it doesn't have to be a last year release. It's just what were we drinking last year that really kind of knocked us out. So it could be something that's been out for longer. I think I think maybe a couple of mine are are, are new for last year and a couple are, are pre-existing. So, uh, so we'll look forward to that. Uh, also, we're going to talk about um, uh, the best cigars of the year for 2021. We don't have the Cigar Aficionado list yet. The Cigar Snob magazine list is partially out. Cigar Aficionado will be out this next week. So by the time we get together for next week's show, we'll be talking about Cigar Aficionado's best cigars of 2021. And, awesome. as, and as we know, uh, getting the number one, and I'm sure really landing anywhere on the list, really kind of sets the tone for the cigar company for sales for the following year. That will change yeah. the company pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. Alan Denny, our our uh, friend who's out at Galveston Island Cigar Lounge, um, was working for E.P. Carrillo during the time, and I'm sorry, I thought I muted that, uh, during the time when the uh, E.P. Carrillo, uh, was it the Encore? Which one that got number it one? Was, it was the Encore, yes. The Encore, yeah. No, 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 it was the... It was uh, the Edge. No, that's Edge is Rocky Patel. Why am I? Why am I not remembering? Uh, that? Boy, ju- no, not the judge. It was the. Anyway, he was he was there when that cigar uh, was named number one, and he said it completely changed everything. It was the number say, one cigar yeah. of the year on Cigar Aficionado for that year, and he said it completely changed everything. It was difficult for them to keep it in stock the next year. It I was in it. hugely high demand, and it really uh, it really ramped up the sales of the company's other uh, products as well. So uh, so anyway, that that list is always highly anticipated. We'll be able to uh, to get to that one next week. So, all right, I want to start doing some tasting here, okay. mostly because it's been several weeks since we've been in here doing some tasting, and I am thirsty. So uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Ian, uh, you're going to make some cocktails today, aren't you? I do. I have the ingredients over here. Let me shift my camera a little bit. Yeah? Show you my setup. Uh-huh. And my lawnmower. Oh yeah, uh, you set up and your lawnmower. I like it. <laughs> now, that's the coolest shot of a lawnmower I've ever seen. Just so you know. <laughs> so yeah. So what are you gonna make? Uh, I know you got some whiskey there. So, uh, yeah, like... I got uh, I got uh, the makings for a, a whiskey sour, which is which is, you know, uh, usually I drink whiskey by itself. Sometimes mm-hmm. I make a cocktail and I put a piece of ice in it. Right. Um, <laughs> and that's the but, cocktail, uh, the whiskey and ice cocktail. <laughs> Ice croutons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but generally speaking, uh, if I'm not doing that and I want a, a whiskey drink, uh, those are two of my absolute go-tos. So uh, and, and they're super simple recipes. You said whiskey uh, sour. What's the other one? Oh, and old fashioned. Old fashioned. Okay, gotta like old fashioned. Yeah, that's old fashioned. Who, who doesn't like the old fashioned? So yeah, right? you yeah. gotta love the old. The classic, and it's just 
great cocktail all the way uh, and it's just and you can make it old-fashioned out of tons of different oh yes, I, I had a gin old-fashioned not too long gin, ago yeah, it was yeah. a great yeah, you can do gin, you can do uh, yeah uh, all kinds of stuff cognac well, uh, you can do yeah Tons of different things. Well, um, we will uh, take a quick break. We're going to come back and uh, and start doing some drinking and sampling. So, uh, Ian, you can uh, figure out where you want to start cocktail wise. And uh, I've kind of got my eye on this single malt over here. So, I'm that's what I'm eyeing. So, uh, so, all right, we'll be back at Smoking and Toasting. This is the uh, program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We are back for 2022, and it's going to be a good year. Lots of drinking and smoking. And then it's the type of single malt that it is. Right. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are at show number 264, as Ian so uh, correctly pointed out earlier. That's about halfway to 300. Halfway to 300. Yeah, so we're really excited about uh, And I guess, you know, I guess all things considered, Ian, with the... With show number three hundred only being you know less than forty episodes away, I guess we're just going to skip two hundred in terms of the celebration. We had planned a we're big just, celebration for two hundred, and COVID sort of uh, took it away from us. You know, we're going to have to make the next one. Well, it's going to be pretty crazy. Well, three hundred is going to have to be a little nuts. So, uh, so we'll be we'll be looking forward to that. Our guest today on two sixty four is Jake Clement. Jake's uh, with the Texas Whiskey Festival. Um, the Texas Whiskey Festival. Now you're based out of Austin, is that right? Correct. Uh, and and the the festival takes place in Austin as well. Right outside of Austin. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what what if anything has changed for you uh, putting the festival together? For this year, uh, with you know, with COVID, with all the I, things that that we've been through, most people had to take at least a year off. I got lucky and did not. You did not. Okay. So the 2020 festival happened the week before the world went into lockdown. Okay. So so people was, were still out it and was, about. It, well, wow, that's luck. we didn't know. Any, yes, we didn't yeah. know anything about it. So it was just like a normal, event. normal thing. Yeah. So in 2021, the restrictions were eased up enough that we did a socially distanced event. We reimagined it instead of everybody walking around. I kept everybody seated at least six feet apart mm-hmm. at a table. You had to buy a table, so you had to buy a table with your friends or whatever. Right. Uh, and then I had the distillers pop to each table. That's kind of a cool so, idea. So, yeah, yeah, that's nice. It was kind of a little bit of organized chaos, but yeah. uh, we managed yeah. to get through. And so we basically did, like, five mini events. So, like, they were each right. two hours, and so we could work people through and things right, like that. Right. And, um it, some people really like the format, and so this year, it's all going to depend on where we're at in cases, right? Right. right there. But right now, we're planning on to have a kind of a hybrid format. Um, Friday night, we're going to do it instead of a one-day, it's going to be a two-day event. Friday night, it's going to be a very limited seating where you're going to stay seated, and I'm going to have a few select distillers bringing in their creme de la creme, things that may you know, have been released and no longer available, that type right, of thing, right, right. walking around and talking and pouring those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you can also, then Saturday is going to be, we're going to tr- attempt to have our normal format to where you can walk around, talk right, to the distillers. Right, there's the booths yep. and the, and the yeah. uh, displays uh, yeah. and what have and you, so you go around the, and sample. Yeah, and with ours, music's usually been a part of it. We mm-hmm. didn't get to do it last year, so as the tasting kind of winds down, we, uh, we're we bringing in dueling pianos. Oh, how fun. Um, <laughs> that are going to be right by the cigar lounge. So yeah, that, That's got a very cigar lounge vibe to oh, it, Oh, it is. And, so yeah. it should, and it's outdoors. It's a beautiful venue, so uh, it's in May this, in this year, so... As long as the weather holds out and COVID holds out, it's going to be a great time. You know, dueling pianos is one of those things that you don't 
you're not sitting at home like early Friday evening going, what should we do? Hey, let's go to let's go to like a dueling pianos thing. It's not something that comes mm. to your mind like that. But when you go, oh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. You're like, well, why don't we do this more you often? That you it's know hilarious. all of the songs. You're singing <laughs> yeah. along. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the group that we that we're using, I've used them for other events, and um, they're just hilarious. They are willing to. Um, Give people grief and give them crap Love and it. like just uh, you know get them on. You know, I mean, get them on stage and do the whole the whole show, right? And so it's um, yeah, that it's it's actually more than just a musical performance, it right? It's an ex- I mean, it's yeah. that experience it's in and yeah. itself, right? And yeah. so, I mean, so you're going to be sitting there, you're going to be able to um, have your cocktail, smoke your cigar, listen to dueling pianos after you've sampled umpteen different whiskeys that you want it. to uh, uh, try. I love it. Now, do you have a date set for this year? Uh, May 13th and 14th. May 13th and so 14th. So Friday the 13th, because, you know, why not? Because why not, yeah. Uh, I mean, what else can go wrong, right? Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, so the main the main day is um, Saturday the 14th. Okay. Uh, and like I said, but if you buy the Friday night ticket, you also get to come back Saturday. So And uh, let's just, because we're talking about yep. this, let's make sure we give the website so people can uh, go. TXWhiskeyFest.com. TXWhiskeyFest.com for the Texas Whiskey That's Festival. TXWhiskeyFest.com. Yeah, for the Texas Whiskey Festival in Austin. Now, in, in the meantime... Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys have been uh, working with some distillers to come up with some project, uh, some projects and some products of your own, and one of those is what you've what you've poured for us here. Oh, Why yeah. don't you tell us about so this single malt? The uh, so it's called Tom Roy. It's from Modisette and Sons, which is a distillery in Maynard, Texas, so right outside of Austin. Um, they focus nothing but they do all single malts uh, aged in used barrels. Okay. So. This was originally a 100% malted barley aged in a used baby blue barrel from Balconies. Mm, nice. Then uh, baby blue is their corn whiskey. Yep. Right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, which was a 53 gallon barrel, uh, and then we after we dumped it out of that into um, the used brandy barrels from Andalusia Whiskey Company in Blanco. And that was an orange muscat brandy. Well, this has got a little bit of an so, orange tint to it, it, uh, it uh, on the nose. So, the, but the brandies were twenty-five gallon barrels. So we really took that fifty-three and dumped it into two twenty-fives. I see for yeah. an additional six months. Oh, and so, okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, well, you I mean, do get some of that sort of, you know, I don't know. I I can't honestly tell you I would have nailed this if you hadn't mentioned it. But now that you said. I can get a little note of the blue corn. Uh, There's a little bit of sweetness to it, but I mean, Mm -hmm. for me, between the barley and that little bit of sweetness, it's almost like a uh, like a pie crust um, there. Right, right. And so with that orange, and then there's this. For me, it's orange cream sickle pie. That's I mean the best way Mm -hmm. I can describe it. You are making me so jealous right now. That is certainly on the finish. Mm. You're absolutely right. It's where on and the finish is, a, is where you get that proof. It's where you get that creamsicle vibe as yes. on the finish. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of that. And it's uh, got that creamy texture. It's got that velvety mm-hmm. creamy texture on the mouth. Oh yes, belt. yeah, Ian. This is I'm I'm and I'm really not doing this to make you jealous, but this is right up your alley. This well, you is, see, he's leaving that glass right there for mm-hmm. me. So make sure you fill that up before I get it. Okay, I will. Got it. We'll put some in there for you. And and I'm sure nothing will happen to it between now and the time you're in here. <laughs> no, not at all. I won't, I won't be around yeah. and, and tempted to drink it or anything like that. No, this is this is really delicious. Now, you mentioned that this is available at the distillery, correct? It's available at the distillery. Um, there's right at 500 bottles. Uh, we bottled it... Um, December second, and mm-hmm. yeah, so, I see the date on here twelve two twenty one, and it's uh, Modisette and Sons, 
uh, is the name of the distillery, and they are located Maynard, Texas. Maynard, Texas. Okay, yeah. So uh, uh, it's pretty easy to Google. It's pretty easy to get to. Yeah. Um, it's a father son team, and so the dad's name is Tom Roy Modisette, which is where we got the name Tom, Tom Roy, Roy for which, this. Which is really cool because it has a, like a, a sort of an old school whiskey sound to it, doesn't it, Tom Roy? Yes, it does. And it makes you think of like old granddad or you know one of those right. things that's been around for a long time. That's kind yeah. of like a uh, a well, standard in the whiskey wheel. And I love how the label turned out. It just it's absolutely. I oh think yeah, it's just a gorgeous label. Oh, it's, it. it's really really cool. I love it. I love so. it. Um, all right, Ian, what do you, what you got going over there? So I. I'm uh, drinking an Allstat Kolsch at the moment. Oh, nice. That's... And this has uh, been one of my go-to beers for a while. This has been out. This is from a brewery up in Cypress, Texas, just north of Houston. Mm-hmm. Probably actually a part of Houston at this point in time. I don't really know exactly where the lines are drawn. Yeah. So where does it begin Houston and where just... does it end? No one really yeah, knows. Yeah, it keeps going on and on. <laughs> but this, this is a Kolsch. This is from a brewery that, uh, that actually doesn't make an IPA. So yeah. they're... Uh, <laughs> their beers are uh, German beer made here. That's their so Allstadt has a brewery right outside of Fredericksburg too. Mm. It's a giant castle. Oh, it's a giant. I'm castle. blanking. This is not from te- from uh, uh, from Cyprus. This is for yes. No, you're right. Outside of Fredericksburg. I mean, it's a giant that. castle looking structure. It's yes, freaking beautiful. Uh, I actually it's there. got that. It's got that whole uh, German German vibe yeah, to it. Doesn't exactly, it? Yeah. yeah. German Bavarian vibe. Yeah. I actually I actually stopped there. I was confusing that with another German brewery. I was confusing that with uh, Klaus. You were thinking of Klaus, right? Which is in Cyprus. Yes. Which is in Cyprus. Which yes. they no, also, they also don't make an IPA. And this is a fantastic beer. Uh, on the website, it says they're a crisp, well-balanced blend of select German malts, noble hops, and top fermenting yeast. Results in a light, golden-colored, refreshing beverage with just a kiss of hops at the end. Delicate brews compared to the finest beers um, from Cologne. It's only made right here in Texas. And it is a fantastic go-to drinker. I've been it, absolutely like killing this beer since, since well, I found it. And I love their lager, ago. too. Which yeah. was one of the first make, ones that they did. Which their lager's great, their Kolsch is great. I haven't had anything from them that I haven't liked. Mm-hmm. Same, same here, same here. And, All their beers are fantastic. And it, it sounds, from the way you're describing, it sounds very German Bavarian uh, style in terms of it its, is. Of its and flavor. Color wise, I mean, it just it looks so classic beer. Oh yeah. That's very mm-hmm. beery looking beer. <laughs> that is, that is, there's, no, beer. there's no doubt that that's a beer when you pour it in a cup and it looks just like it. By the way, speaking of beery beer, uh, and I don't even have the story in front of me, but I just read this last night. Um, former Dallas Cowboys quarterback and current Fox Sports color commentator Troy Aikman is releasing a beer, and it's... Uh, I guess his primary brewmaster that's been working on it was one of the uh, former brewers at Umagang. And okay. uh, uh, and the beer is going to be called Eight. And apparently, it, which was his jersey naturally. number. And apparently it's going to be a an attempt to bring, you know, more flavor and more uh, culture to a lower calorie Less, you know, less bad for you kind of a oh. kind of a beer. So uh, it should be interesting. It's going to be sold uh, in Texas, just in Texas right now. Uh, but H E B is going to have it within the next month or so, apparently. So that's, <laughs> you got to love your Hey, just a, a couple quick comments. Bruce Stark <clears throat> currently has the same cigar that I started the show with at mm. HBC mm-hmm. sitting in his uh, sitting in his lap. Uh, also, he mentioned 
when I when I showed you my lawnmower here, he mentioned if I was in Michigan, that would be a lawnmower, or that wouldn't be a lawnmower; it would be a snowblower. Yes, that's and right. I wouldn't be sitting. I wouldn't be sitting outside having a cigar. <laughs> I've this been to Michigan. True. I actually have uh, uh, family up there. So what I would actually be doing is sitting out on the back porch, which had been closed in. Right. And and uh, running the chimney. And and then have some sort of heater out there. Uh-huh. It'd still be cold. Yeah, you'd still, still be, be cold, but you'd still be smoking. I know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't out- be in shorts. I wouldn't be in shorts and flip flops. That's for sure. <laughs> I was out when it was cold uh, just a couple of days ago and was uh, was having a cigar. It was uh, you know you got it's got to get pretty got to get pretty treacherous before I, I'm I'm you know unwilling I, to go. Out. I would prefer it to be cold smoking than be 110 degrees outside. Yeah, smoking. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Absolutely. I, I went over to uh, Alan Denny's house for Thanksgiving uh, in the morning at a Thanksgiving breakfast. It was really nice. And he had this table that had uh, some rocks in the middle and a little gas heater. Yeah, in it. yeah, yeah. My brother and totally Michael's got one. one. Of those. That's what all my stuff is sitting uh, on here. That's it's very cool. nice. That's very cool. Well, oh, I, that was a nice. Sound. I, I don't do it as well as you do, Ian, but uh, but that was my attempt. This is the Brewdog Fake Empire, and I believe now they've got this this black swath uh, covering part of the writing on the can. But I believe what they say. Beneath it, that is partially co- covered, is the Empire Strikes First. So, <laughs> so anyway. I like it. You know, can I give you a little bit of credit here? Uh, since you knew that I wasn't going to make it on today's show, yeah, and I'd have to do it remotely. I am, uh, I- I'm supply a surprise that you didn't make all the beers IPA. Well, the thought had occurred to me, to be honest with you, the thought had occurred because I knew you wouldn't have one. Uh, but I decided instead to just go with what looks like it is very promisingly good and that is the stone and deschutes collaboration on the let's be homies hazy ipa so you you chose you chose to just make me jealous instead this cigar is picking picking up uh an incredible (sighs) smooth nuttiness to it that's absolutely fantastic now listen uh, it has a little of that dark chocolate thing going on and a little coffee in the very background i'm telling you aj knows his business yeah, the man it. the man i've i don't know that i've ever you know there's some great cigar blenders out there i i like what rocky patel does uh rafael nodal is 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 terrific certainly um uh mr carrillo uh, mr EP i'm a, I'm a bit of an uh, oscar valderas fan boy right recently. right but man aj is just like and what's interesting is that I liked some of his earliest blends that he was doing for, you know, um, Cigars International and some of those type of things, but they didn't blow me away. It was when he started the line that he was putting his own name on, and then the subsequent cigars that he did for other uh, for other companies after that. That seemed to be where he really—I don't know if he found—I have a feeling he just found a, a stash— Secret stash of amazing tobacco, and he's been using it mm. to uh, uh, to infiltrate all these blends. But uh, he's been using the it man's for good, good, not for evil. That's right. That's right. How will you use <laughs> your superpower? So the uh, so the red ale from Brewdog is called Fake Empire, which I I I immediately thought there's a great song by the National called Fake Empire, uh, which is what I thought of immediately. But I don't know if that's what they were getting at or not. I don't see any other references to that. But Brewdog, these guys these guys have got it going on. We mentioned earlier the Elvis juice. That's good stuff. And, uh, and what Brewdog do you th- kills it, man. Yeah. I, so what do you think of this red ale? The first, that first initial whiff I got, I was like, ooh, there's a lot of hops in there. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't taste hoppy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually, it's actually really. I think you would really like this, Ian. It's got a so a red ale in general will have a very floral scent. Mm-hmm. It does, 
but it's not usually totally hoppy. Yeah, it's not and the it's same as a hop thing floral because, scent. Because right. the hop floral and the and the floral scent in the red ale will generally be similar, but not always exactly the same. You know what this makes me think of? If Killian's had nailed it, oh yeah, this is what a Killian's would taste like. Yeah, yes. right? I would yeah. agree. Because because yeah. I don't dislike Killian's, but I very seldom order one. You know, it's just Same. one of those things that it's like it's okay. You know, um, but mm. but if they had just absolutely nailed it, this is what it would. Taste this like. is what it would taste like. No, I think. this is good. Yeah, yeah, I I think it's really good, and it just makes me think. By the way, I saw I didn't get one, but I saw uh, at Specs, I believe there is actually a Brewdog mix pack. That's like a 12-pack or 18-pack or that's just got all of their stuff mixed in. And I, I think I'm going to get one of those the next time I go because they've been so consistent with every everything I've tasted from them has been so consistently and good. And where are they out of again? Uh, Dog is uh, out of Winchester, Ohio. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't know anything about Winchester, Ohio. I'm going to yeah. assume it's... Like a suburb of one of the uh, bigger, bigger Ohio area. cities, but I don't I don't know that to be true. Uh, Bruce, if you're uh, if you're uh, handy there with the old Google search, maybe you can tell us where Winchester, Ohio is. So, uh, but yeah, he's that's, a lot closer to it than we are. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's just really good. It's very crisp, but it has that underlying sort of, uh, and I know. I know a color is not a flavor, but I want to say red maltiness is, well, is what also, I get out of it. The, the finish is clean. Mm -hmm. It doesn't like it doesn't linger there. That you get that Christmas on the flavor, but then at the finish, you get to drink it and then it's gone, which right. is, is something I like in a beer. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, I, I'm digging it. I'm absolutely digging it. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back. I got some cigars to watch for uh, that have been. Uh, starting to show up at your local retailers, or will soon. Some things of note. We always like to pass that along to you. And uh, we're going to do just a little more tasting. i got another. We'll break out this IPA, I think, uh, here. And then, Ian, we'll see what you've got to, uh, uh, to taste as well. You can start putting a cocktail together anytime you like, by the way. Oh, I'll do that. All right. All right. Fair enough. That uh, sounds so, like a good idea. So we'll take a break and we'll return. You are checking out Smoking and Toasting. It's the program. It's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we will be right back. So we'll hold on to this for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. Ian, I don't know if you know this or not, but you did that little... Cork pop like right on, right in between the space of the beat. It was perfect, uh, perfectly That's done. Awesome. You're a musician like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even hear uh, it. I believe I got to be right on time. I believe our good friend on Stark, Bruce Stark, checked in and said uh, that uh, the the place that we were asking about in Ohio, Winchester, Ohio, is uh, what did he about, say? About uh, 55 miles east of Cincinnati. About 55 miles east of Cincinnati. So it's kind of like uh, I don't know. Um, uh, I guess maybe like Nacogdoches from Dallas or, or so. Maybe Does that yeah. seem about right. Yeah, uh, but anyway, Something it's like it, it's a uh, so it's not necessarily a suburb. They've got sounds like they've got a little identity of their own, most likely. So, so. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I'm doing here. All right, please do. Starting off with two ounces of this old granddad bonded Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. I'm going for three quarters ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice. Nice. And then I'm going for about a half of an ounce of simple syrup. This is pre-made uh, pre simple syrup. You can make it on your own if you want. Mm -hmm. A little too much there. There we go. Down there. And simple syrup is basically just sugar water. 
It is. Yeah, yeah. it's basically equal part. Just sugar I mean, it's, water. if you want to make it at home, it's just equal parts sugar and equal part with water. So <laughs> yep, yep. And you can just uh, and then I'm gonna mix it up. It up but I'm gonna stir pull. this. Okay. Instead of uh, instead of shaking, I'm gonna stir. We're gonna pour that in a cup. I missed it. What bitters did you use? Uh, and I haven't gotten there yet, but this is the the Angostura, the classic. Mm -hmm. Yep. Classic. Bitters. I have some We're of that in the bar right now. Of that I really like top. mine with orange bitters. Orange bitters, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, you know, and I have some orange bitters, but I decided, you know. And if you okay, and then get, I want to if you it. want to get crazy, do Angostura and orange bitters. Mm. Madness. I know. <laughs> and then uh, I'm gonna finish it on top. Yeah. What do you? I uh, can't quite see what you're doing. It's just a little below the oh, camera. Oh, gotcha. Very nice. And now, now you're going to show us that look. That's looking good, my friend. The whiskey sour. The whiskey sour, indeed. Now, is whiskey sour something you uh, make uh, very often when you're making cocktails? Is it a so, is it a regular in uh, your rotation? Like I said, generally speaking, when I make a cocktail, I pour whiskey into a glass and then I put some ice in it. And that's your cocktail. And that's my cocktail. Yeah. But if I want something with a little more flavor than that, I'll have you know I just spilled lemon juice on my leg. But that's okay because I brought out a party. Uh, see, you're prepared. <laughs> I so, knew this was going to happen. Um, uh, but if I do, so there's a couple cocktails that I have. If I want a cocktail that isn't just whiskey, and this mm. is one of my go-tos, and it's super easy to make. A couple ingredients, that's it. But I will tell you, the fresh lemon is really, really that's, where it's at. Now, here's another thing that I'll do. On occasion, just for fun, yeah, just to uh, just to make it go sizzle a little bit. Is a little bit of tonic water. Look how adorable these cans are. Those are <laughs> that are my hands are giant. <laughs> and I'll put just a little bit of a fizz in there. Sometimes I do that with the little bottles that they serve on the airplane. You know, I pretend uh -huh. that they're normal size bottles, and I am the giant colossal man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> And that turns out to be such a such a pleasant drink for sitting outside and having yeah, a cigar. Very much so, yeah. Speaking of pleasant drinks, I want to show you something. I hope the I hope the camera can catch this. That was a this. good one. That was better than the last one. Yeah, by it the way. was it was better. I hope the camera can catch this and, and maybe maybe you can take that and just show it to the camera right there. I want you to look at the pop top. Now rotate it a little bit towards me, a little oh, bit more. There you go. Take a look at the pop top. That is the stone gargoyle. Cut out of the pop top on that can. Oh, is that's that, fantastic! Is that cool or that? what? <laughs> that is fantastic. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. So Attention this is to detail. Yeah, these guys, these guys know what they're doing. I'm telling you. So this is a hazy IPA in uh, collaboration with the Shoots, and it's something that is a limited, uh, a limited collab. And so I'm going to pour a little bit of this, and then I'll read you uh, from the can what it says about this particular um, beer. Uh, I believe it says, uh, government warning, according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during... You've read that on several other of the of the beers. That I feel like that's, that's something that uh, a lot of beer companies put on their... Uh, yeah, seems to be. Seems to be. Here's what they also say. They call it a buzzworthy IPA. Uh, the guys at Stone are always great at writing these descriptions. I always enjoy reading the Stone beer uh, cans. Nature's full of great collaborations. Take plants and pollinators, for example, a symbiotic relationship that gives us fruits, vegetables, and, of course, honey. Although Stone and Deschutes have origins on near opposite ends of the West Coast, our backyard 
words are brought together in this hazy IPA brewed with equal parts Oregon blackberry honey and California orange blossom honey. A craft beer cross-pollination now available across the nation. Ain't that sweet. And it's called Let's Be Homies, and uh, it smells, by the way, uh, that sounds delicious. awesome. So I pick up on what you're talking about, the difference between the hoppy floral versus the floral from the um, Red Elf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this this one has got a little more of the of the hoppy floral on the nose, but what you get on the finish is an interesting combination of what I call the the hard finish of a stone IPA, where it's got that that bitter. It's not harsh, but it's bitter, and mm-hmm. it it kind of like gives you a jolt at the end uh, when you're drinking a normal stone IPA. But this time, that's all. It's like it's like that, but like like somebody poured honey all over it. It's got that it's got that sweeter honey uh, taste that 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 interferes with hops. I know you're not a big hop guy, but how does this strike you? Is this too so, hoppy for you? No, actually, I was going to say, as somebody that doesn't like IPAs, I could drink this. Mm-hmm. Which there's only one other IPA that I regularly order if I see it out, which is the Electric Jellyfish IPA from Pine House Pizza in Austin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, this is, I could find myself drinking this. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of them, but I could I th- easily have a glass. I think you would like this, Ian, because it has that that sort of bigness of a stone IPA, uh, but it has that little bit of honey sweetness. It's not real citrusy. There is a little tiny bit of citrus in there, but it's more the honey that you get out of this than this than than the citrus. For it's, me the honey's faint, but it's but what I do, what I like about it is that it's not overly harsh, bitter finish. Mm-hmm. Honey is an interesting flavor and it's in a lot of beers. Right. Uh, they use it in a lot. As a matter of fact, Eleven Below here in uh, Houston makes one called be someone now there's a there's a classic uh train crossing uh, on 45 as you're coming into houston from the north mm-hmm. and traveling south and the sign always has this big uh it says be someone across it it's pretty iconic houston uh graffiti art actually um and uh and so they named it after that but it's a it's a, a wheat beer with b and it's it would be with honey and it's fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah it is really good you're it's right though bees in it. A, a lot of a lot of the beers with honey though are wheat beers or they're uh a bond ales or something that uh, something of that nature um i don't know if i've if i've had it in a lot of IPAs, and this is no, this I don't really think I've ever had well. it in an IPA. This really works well. Stone, of course, is famous for their IPAs being very big and bold, and this definitely is that. But it's got a, a it's got a softer side to it uh, as well, which makes it mm. which makes it very. Spindle Tap also made that Honey Hole. Um, That's right. That was a. Uh, what was that Honey was Hole? The, uh, uh, ESB. It's an ESB, correct? Yeah. Yeah, the Honey uh, Hole ESB, which is fantastic. And this is this is not as crisply bitter as that, but it's uh, but it's probably more like that than the than the Honey Wheat Ales that you're talking about. So, um, so very good. Okay, uh, we are going to take another quick break. When we return, Ian, I've got this list of hop cultures. 21 best beers of 2021 should be interesting and we will uh we will do that along with your uh your list and my list of our personal favorite beers that we consumed uh during 2021 and then uh what we'll uh, do when we come back for our final segment we'll, we'll do a little drinking news uh and we'll uh, i'm really anxious to get to this coffee liqueur uh, coffee liqueur um Cafe del Fuego, barrel aged for one year. This uh, this looks very exciting. And uh, how is that uh, whiskey sour, by the way? You know, I, I love the whiskey sour, and I love adding a little bit of tonic just to make the uh, the uh, sour dance a little bit mm-hmm. on the tongue. It's fantastic. 
I feel like it needs a straw and a little umbrella. It's got a little bit of that look to it, but uh, it's January in Texas. I can't have an umbrella. I can't, uh, you know, I I can't ever use a straw when I'm drinking a drink like this because it'll be gone in like 23 seconds. Yeah, and and I believe it's against state law to have umbrellas and drinks in January. But uh, I thought in Texas we could. It's also a little hard to look tough when you're drinking out of a straw. This is true. This is true. It's not. It's not necessarily a tough guy thing. But uh, uh, but hey, all right, all right. So you just keep sipping that like a tough guy. We'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand. Old Cigars, show number 264. Our guest, Jake Clement from the Texas Whiskey Festival. We'll be right back. Shout out to a few people that are watching this. Yeah, I like to say what again, uh, Ian? I said I like to say a shout out to a few people watching. Hi, Bruce. Hi, David. How you doing? Ken's watching. Liliana's watching. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. Our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are, Those are all good glad things. to yeah, we sure are glad to have you guys here. Um, I want to tell you real quick before we get into this list about a, a few cigars to watch for here in January. Um, Ian's already got us down the AJ uh, pathway today with his Viva La Vida. How is that smoking, by the way? You have an update this for us? This cigar is fantastic. Yeah, like this cigar, I was expecting it to actually be. Uh, a little on the bigger side it's right. actually riding the line between i think uh, uh mild to medium it's right mm-hmm. on that gray line between the two with a little bit of pepper backbone it's got this great creamy uh almost toast kind of taste mm-hmm. to it it's mm-hmm. got this nuttiness that's per uh pervading all the way through it it's got this wonderful um like coffee kind of finish a little bit of bitter to it it's fantastic by the way i looked the uh price up it's about a 12 dollar stick 12 to 13 dollar stick so at it's this not... point in time it's it's above a five uh wow well that you know that's aj for you and actually part of what i wanted to share with you is that aj is at it again Altadis USA will be kicking off uh, 2022 with a new H. Upman cigar, and the company has once again turned to my favorite cigar maker, A.J. Fernandez, in Nicaragua for the H. Upman Nicaragua A.J. Fernandez Heritage, and the brand is Ah. scheduled to debut at the Tobacco Plus Expo Convention in Las Vegas, which takes place at the end of January. Uh, The new cigars will ship to retailers on January 26th. The H. Upman Nicaragua A.J. Fernandez Heritage is composed of Nicaraguan tobacco grown on AJ's farms uh, except for the wrapper which is a Brazilian Matafina leaf that Altadis says has been triple fermented uh, then the cigar was blended to be medium to full bodied and it'll come in five different sizes retail prices ranging from 975 to 1075 so you know uh, not not a cheap cigar but not an expensive one either kind of right in that in that mid range uh, this I of course, love that so many of those blends come in at a, uh, an affordable price yeah this is by the way not the first time that AJ has worked with the H Upman brand in 2017 he made H Upman by AJ Fernandez and it was mm-hmm. that it was that summer I think that I bought a box of those actually in LA when I was out there uh, working and just came to absolutely love that cigar and then Hard to go wrong with that and then in 2019 he made the H Chapman 
175 anniversary, which you may remember, Ian, that big Churchill-sized cigar that showcased a uh, Nicaraguan wrapper. Uh, it was Cigar Aficionado's number 10 cigar of 2019. Uh, it was my favorite cigar of that year. It was just that one that was just so incredibly good. Uh, it... Um, like the other uh, Nicaraguan H. Upman brands, this one is a collaboration between uh, AJ and Rafael Nodal, who I mentioned uh, earlier, who's head of uh, product capability for Altadis USA. And for those of you who enjoy square cigars, a limited edition box press cigar from Alec Bradley shipped out to retailers in December. It's part of the brand's Magic Toast line. You've had the Magic Toast, Ian. Yeah, I like yeah. the Magic and, Toast. Uh, I like the Magic Toast. It's available uh, to those who attended the uh, Premium Cigar Trade Show earlier in the summer and is now shipping out, went out to retailers uh, last month. It's a 6x54 Box Press Grand Toro, and it marks the first time that Magic Toast has been available in a Box Press blend. So uh, so that is one to look forward to. Uh, it's rolled with a dark Honduran cover leaf, two binder leaves, one from Honduras and one from Nicaragua, and a mix of Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers. And I personally, I love... When cigar makers mix Nicaraguan and Honduran tobacco, there's just yeah. something about the way those two work together that is just absolutely wonderful. Uh, suggested retail is 11 bucks each, and it ships in boxes of 24, and the Magic Toast is made in Danley, Honduras. Okay, so um, I know you just updated us, but anything further on that cigar, Ian? Man, this cigar, and it's smoking at a medium rate i wouldn't say it's a slow smoking cigar but it's not exactly fast right right uh i did manage to drop an ash on me earlier i don't know if any of you caught that uh well, because i let it go so it's got it a is, medium it is you yeah i mean well. ian ian is an ash magnet you know how some guys could be described as a chick magnet ian is an ash magnet Ash will seek him out from anywhere in the room and attach itself you know to how, his clothing. You know how when you're standing around a campfire and the smoke always goes mm -hmm. to where you are, the ash always falls on Yeah, you. exactly the same. So you don't want to sit next to you by a campfire is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or even maybe when he's smoking. You want to keep your distance just, just far enough. Well, I'm so fine with no... that because it's going to fall yeah. on him. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. As long as it doesn't bounce, you're, uh, you're good to go. That sure is looking no, this good. Is, this is fantastic. The pepper is actually uh, picking up just a little bit. Bringing it a little more into the medium range as far as the strength goes, um, uh, but it still has that wonderful kind of sweet nuttiness mm -hmm. uh, underlying the whole thing. It's fantastic. Hopculture.com uh, has released a, a new article. Came out just before Christmas. The 21 best beers we drank in 2021, and I really like that that they put it that way. It's like it's not the 21 best that came out that year. It's not even the 21 best of the year just the it's just that the best that we drink right which i think is the qualifying statement for any whether it's spirits cigars whatever it's the best one you smoked you drank or whatever right. because you know right. we all taste things differently so so these are uh not in a numerical order in fact i think they may even be alphabetized but uh but i'll just start through this and then ian i want to hear uh your list and i'll share mine uh, with you guys of our favorites from the year uh they start out with uh cornch C-O-R-N-S-C-H, which is uh, made by Live Oak Brewing Company and St. Elmo Brewing Company. Live Oak is from Del Valle, Live Oak. Uh, yeah. Texas, yeah. and St. Elmo is out of Austin. And Live Oak makes one of the best Hefeweizens in existence. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, they did this. Uh, this one is a Kolsch, and it's called Cornch. 
And uh, it's a, um, you know, they, they say in here that Austin has a wealth of top-notch beers to enjoy in the brutal summer heat. But when Live Oak and St. Elmo collaborated on this crispy colch, the results became legendary. So that's the first one that they share with us. Then they share with us from Seattle, Washington's Fair Isle Brewing, a beer called Diane. Uh, Diane is an imperial saison. Uh, they say this brewery is known for their beautiful beers and even more beautiful labels. And uh, they label they uh, point out that they labeled two Fair Isle beers to their 25 best beer labels of 2021, which maybe that's an article we'll get into at another time. Uh, Ian, have we had this one? Uh, the the uh, Double Barrel Assassin from Toppling Goliath. I know we've had a number of Toppling Goliath beers. I don't think we've had this one uh, because it's Man, in a bomber. Man, that sounds familiar. Yeah. It's an Imperial Stout, uh, the Double Barrel Assassin, and it takes the cake, they say, is one of the best beers they've had all year. Then there's Double Dry Hop Diamond Reflection from Other Half Brewing. Oh, you have a friend there on your paper towels. <laughs> Why do I always have weird bugs? You all, do this? There's always a bug thing with you whenever you're uh, whenever you're on location. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That is. That is I don't know weird. either. I wouldn't smush him if I were you. Uh, we're the just going to leave him on the paper towel over there. The Sorry dry, to interrupt you. It's all right. The double dry. Back hop, to our originally scheduled uh, program. Yeah. Scheduled program. The yeah. double dry hop diamond reflection from other half is an imperial IPA. And it makes the list. Uh, but I, well, I should have looked at this list earlier so I'd know how to pronounce some of these things. Enchiridon, E-N-C-H-I-R-I-D-O-I-D-I-O-N. I'm not even going to try it. E-N-C-H-I-R-I-D-I-O-N. I'd have to spend some time with that, and then I could probably get it. Uh, but it's from Pure Project uh, Brewing in uh, San Diego. It is a reserve imperial stout, and uh, that made the list here as well. Good Morning Munich from Art History Brewing in Geneva, Illinois, which is a um, uh, a Hellitz, uh brew. Uh, Grant Park Menagerie from Elsewhere Brewing in Atlanta. Uh, it is a Belgian blonde. And then Habitual Line Stepper from Weathered Souls in San Antonio. We've had this one uh, uh, here on the show, uh, Ian, and it is an Imperial Stout as well. Uh, yes. Natty Larange from The Brewery in Placencia, California. And, you know, The Brewery spelled B-R-U-E-R-Y. Uh, we've had a number of their beers. I don't beers, think I've had that particular But I don't think we've that. had Natty Larange. It is a wild ale. Uh, and so that's... Uh, yeah, that's, that's something I'd really like to try. From Threes Brewing in Brooklyn, New York, Passing Time is, is a grisette. Uh, from uh, The Good Word Brewing and Public House in Duluth, Georgia, Quantum Immortality is their English porter. That sounds delicious. That's, uh, I like that's the name. epic sounding. Yeah, it really is. Uh, from Von Ebert Brewing in Portland, Oregon, and I've never heard of Von Ebert Brewing. So it's just something that can be so fascinating about these lists is there's certainly some familiar names on here, but there's other ones you're like, what the hell is Von Ebert Brewing? I've never heard of this. Uh, they uh, they made the list with a grape ale called Rain Shadows. Uh, grape ale? Yeah. Grape ale. I would have to try it. Uh, the Russian River Porter from Russian River Brewing Company in Santa Rosa, California. Of course, Russian River's uh, been a pretty famous brewery for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. But this is all We've about their porter. So that's, uh, that's very interesting. Terraform from Flying Machine Brewing Company in Wil uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. And 
and Lamplighter Brewing Company in Cambridge, Massachusetts. They, uh, it's a milkshake pale ale called uh, Terraform. So I, I have to tell you, I burnt out a little on the milkshake um, uh, IPAs. Uh, just, it just, just seems just like it's too much. You know, uh, I enjoyed them for a while, but I got, I, I don't know, I got a little I burnt like out. I like the name, I but think, I don't know that I've ever had a I think with that style of beer, kind of like the stouts that, uh, that beers, um, I think with that style of beer, you've got to push it too far. Right. And then you'll end up coming back and creating some really, Something really, really nice good closer balance. to the middle that's got more balance to it. And, but, and you know who does mm-hmm. that is ingenious. Oh, they absolutely do. And those absolutely. guys are just... Uh, they are they are geniuses at ingenious. They really are. Uh, a sour fruited goza called the Blue Peach from Crowns and Hops in Inglewood, California, and Black Calder Brewing Company in Grand Rapids. A lot of collaboration on this uh, on this list, which I find really I love the collaboration. And, and that's yeah. what our IPA was today. It was a collaboration between Deschutes and uh, Stone from Fox Farm Brewery in Salem, Connecticut. A beer called the ha- the Cabin. It is a Hellas. And from Integrin Brewing Company in Moorpark, California, a Munich Hellas called the Lightest One. Uh, so a lot of these beers, Ian, we've never had, I've never even seen. Fascinating. A Crooked Run Fermentation in Sterling, Virginia has a fruited sour called Toastmaster. Well, now you've got, do, you've got to do a Toastmaster with you got to do a toast with it. you got to do a toast with the Toastmaster, right? The Toastmaster. Uh, the Eighth State Brewing Company, Greenville, South Carolina, and Vitamin C, S-E-A, Brewing, in Weymouth, Massachusetts, worked together on an imperial stout called Waiting on Forever. Great name. Uh, that made the list. And Whip Wrangler from Movement Brewing <laughs> Company in uh, Rancho Cordova, California, a uh, sour made the list as well. It looks like it's kind of an orange sour from the look on the uh, on the nice. article here. Um, and then a mead uh, makes the list. It's White Goshawk from Artivern Mean Company in Bellingham, Washington. And that, my friend, is our list. That's what they felt like were the 21 best beers that they had in 2021. Now, I know you've got a list. Uh, because we I've got talked a list. about it, so why don't you uh, share with us what made your list? I know you didn't do a twenty-one list, and that's probably good. But uh, but what... I did not do a twenty-one list. I do, however. Uh, so so uh, one of the fun things about my list is that I have a few of the beers that are on my oh, list. Oh, look at you! Uh, so been, that that made your list. Wow! I have been beating up this beer since I've been introduced to it, <laughs> and when I see it, I think. The first time I found this, I was at a, um, I was at a little convenience store uh, right uh, right outside a buddy of mine's house uh, in Austin, and they had this, and I thought, well, that looks pretty neat, and I tried it, and I was blown away by how good a Kolsch this is. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, one of the ones on my list. These are not in a particular order like was, of favorites or anything. They just are. Was that the first the of their one, beers that you tried? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so, and um, and they have fantastic beers. We stopped at the brewery when we went out to Fredericksburg last mm-hmm. year. It was really mm-hmm. nice. It's beautiful. Like you said, it looks like a castle. It's crazy. Um, the next one, this company has been crushing it. This is 11 Below, based here in Houston. This is 11 Below, and this beer was one of their seasonals. This is their Goat Getter, Texas Bach, and it is absolutely fantastic um i've been uh and it's it's a seasonal so i've been trying to snap up 
as much of it as I can mm-hmm. when I see it. Uh, Tis the season to be brave. Uh, Tis the season to brave the nippy days of Texas winter. As you can tell, I'm doing that because I have shorts and flip-flops on. There's no finer companion than a malty bock in your hand, brewed in, uh, with German malts and cold lagered. Uh, this young buck is eager to please, as smooth and versatile as a cutoff sweater. Our Texas-style bock is a real goat getter. This is absolutely one of my favorites right now. Mm-hmm. It's so malty and delicious and ridiculous. Uh, another one that uh, makes the list. I don't have one here on hand, but the uh, 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 the von uh, I'm blanking on it. It's the von uh, von Volpausen. Sorry, I had this list in my head. Von Volpausen from uh, Eureka Heights. Mm. It's very similar to this. Right, right, right. I've had it's, that. Yes, it's got the little German dressed pretzel. Yes, yes. It's, sitting it's, on the front. It's, it's fantastic. very much the kind of beer you would want with a pretzel in an October Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, another one that I'm super happy to have, uh, and I'm going to add this to the list because I don't get it very often, but my brother came down from Pennsylvania, is the Weyerbacher Blithering mm, Idiot. Yeah. Yeah, and that's this, is that one you're going to sample today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, good, good. This, so, let me throw my glasses on the ground this is a uh barley wine mm-hmm. i have that pulled up here hold on uh there you are this is a barley wine from weyerbacher out of pennsylvania uh at 11.1 percent abv is brewed in the british t- tradition of balanced hearty ales a deep copper ale with notes of date and fig this finish is warm and fruity begs for the next sip 100 percent uh, enjoy blithering idiot in a brandy snifter or wine glass, full flavored meats, cheeses, blah blah blah. Lay down a few. Uh, it's fantastic. It is awesome. Uh, I, I'm such a fan of Weyerbacher beers. I wish we could get them here. Their uh, Mary Monks is fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, and that makes me incredibly happy. They're out of Michigan, is that right? No, it's out of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Well, I know we get like Victory out of Pennsylvania. Yeah, we get a few beers out and of Pennsylvania. We, this is this we is now one get of the to Yangling, so maybe maybe there's one of the whole this is made in Easton PA. And uh, there's not a whole lot on the uh on the bottle. It does say according to Surgeon General, women should not drink alcohol beverages during uh, amazing how that keeps showing up. Effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I mean it's it, it says the same thing that your other one said. Uh those are those are some of my absolute go to's and then, of course uh, every year I go for seasonals. Uh, St. Arnold has two of my absolute favorites, and Which, that's going to be the Springbok. I love, as if you can't tell, I love the box style beers. The Springbok is going to come out real soon here. I'm going to be happy. And October I drank right? as much as I could last year when it came out. And the Christmas Ale. Oh, the Christmas which, Ale. See, which I, I really try. My favorite St. Arnold seasonal is the Oktoberfest. I love their Oktoberfest. Oh, I, I think they the Oktoberfest. Fest. I think they nail yeah, Oktoberfest. So good. And it's hard to choose because there's so many of their seasonals that I mm-hmm. absolutely love. Mm-hmm. So St. Arnold's kind of crushes my summer list on Summer Pills that. is great, too. I love Summer Pills. Man, they have so many good seasonals. Yeah, they and, really but, do. But those, yeah, those are my favorites for this year. Uh, well, I love lots of beers. but So you yeah. did, what, about five there uh, on your Something list? Something like that. Okay, so I'll, so I'll give you five. Um, That's my list of three. 
the first we've <laughs> the first we've already talked about today. It was the, the increasingly and accurately list. That, that's right. At least we at least we don't number them, right? <laughs> right. Uh, the first one on my list is uh, one we've already talked about today: the Brewdog Elvis Juice. I discovered this for the first time. We had it on the show this year, and it's that's one that I have continued to replenish the uh, the the beer fridge. What kind with. of beer is that one? Uh, it it is an IPA, but it's okay. very. I don't know. It's very palatable. It's a very, juicy, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's a juicy IPA. Yeah. It's just right. extremely palatable. You're going to see a few IPAs on my list because that is my favorite uh, beer style. Uh, and I'll tell you, one of them is uh, from Bell's. Bell's Juicy Gossip IPA, which we had on the show last summer, I thought was just absolutely fantastic. And uh, these guys, you know, Bell's in out of Michigan, that's a great brewery. I've never had any of their beers I haven't liked and, uh, and their IPA. Oh, you had one. Two. Two Bell's one beers is, you didn't like. Two Bell's beers I haven't liked. One is the uh, Kalamazoo Stout, and that's because it's a very black licorice beer. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with the beer other than the fact that I don't like that flavor. But when John Denman was on the show with me, we we did the batch ten thousand. Yeah, and you didn't like and it. Decided it was just confusing and not very <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, I have a and, new, and that's weird because I love bells. Well, I have a new bells that I'm saving for uh, when you're back in the studio. So, uh, right. so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, also on my list are, uh, is another IPA from uh, from St. Arnold, uh, the Sabroco Nut Island IPA. We sampled I don't even it. Think I've tried that. No, one. we sampled it first when they were on the show. It's the one in that oh, that's purple right, that's can, right. okay. and it doesn't have the Saint Arnold on the can. It has the drawing that, of the yes. of the trees and and the uh, and the water. And uh, so I enjoyed it when we had it on the show, and I picked up a little of it, and then I picked up a little more, and it's like across the year I grew to love that beer more and more. There's just something about it that really connects with my uh, palate. It's like that- it's like that second Big Head Todd album that you had to listen to a couple the, times yes, and then absolutely. you got it. It's not that I didn't yeah, yeah. like it at first, but it's like after a while you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I got exactly you. I got you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it, it's great, and I believe it's a seasonal because I, I, for a while I couldn't get it, and then all of a sudden it started showing up about a month ago, and so I bought as much of it as I could afford uh, just to stockpile it in my, uh, in my beer fridge. Um, another, uh, another IPA that makes my list is my last IPA, uh, but it is also a local from True Anomaly Brewing Company, their Go Flight Hazy IPA, I just yeah. think is tremendous, and it's been uh, uh, it's been occupying a regular position in my beer fridge now ever since they brought that on the show. I'd like to also, uh, since you mentioned True Anomaly, I'd like to also give them a shout out for their Scout. Mm-hmm. That is that's that's a good Mexican uh, Mexican yeah. beer, um, and finally, my last one is not a uh, an IPA. Uh, it is uh, from Epic Brewing Company. You may remember when we had this on the show, Ian, several months ago. The Big Bad Baptist Reserve Imperial Stout. That do, was amazing. Do you remember how we just could not get over ourselves? Yeah, that after was we pretty mind blowing. That was that was just amazing, and I th- I think it was like a thirty seven dollar uh, you know bomber, uh, but it was worth every penny. It was <laughs> when one of those it's things. that good, yeah. When it's, it's that kind of good, that's absolutely. Yeah, and, sh- and big enough to share with friends. Yeah, yeah. So so there's mine, and I'm proud to say I had two 
uh, local beers in in that from our uh, from our area. That's uh, that's pretty good when two of the locals make your li- your list of five favorites for the year. Absolutely. Now you've been listening to our list. Do you have anything off the top of your head that's a go to? I don't drink a lot of beer anymore. Um, yeah. I mostly drink whiskey. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, what do you drink? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I drink a lot more whiskey than I do beer. Um, yeah. But I, you know. I really like the uh, the electric jellyfish. I discovered that this year, and I you really mentioned like that nice. from yeah. the, from Austin, yes, yeah. Um, but you know, I'm just a fan of Shinerbach in general. You know, um, nothing wrong with Shinerbach yeah. is so consistently good. And one of the most wonderful things about living here in Texas is that even when you go to places that do not have a good beer selection, they very often will have Shiner Bach. And you can Bach. get a good beer, And yeah. you can be like, okay, thank God they have Shiner. Yeah, yes. and then Allstott, um, I'm a big fan of theirs as well. Mm-hmm. I like, really like their lager. So I would say those are probably... For me, good my choices. three um, good from a beer perspective. Yeah, nice. good choices. I like it. All right. Well, uh, you know, these lists are always interesting at the end and the beginning of the year, and I'm sure we'll have uh, many more of them to go over. But what I like about them, even if I, there's things on them I've never heard of, is that gives me something that'll be fun to be on the lookout for, something to watch for, something to uh, try. Yeah, to try. That's that's part of the fun of this whole journey. Part of the reason we wanted to start even doing the show in the first place is to be able to sample some of these uh, amazing things. And here we are, 264 episodes later. You figure, Ian, what three or more beers a show? That's a lot of beers we've sampled over that is these. A lot uh, of beers, yeah, yeah. Uh, over these uh, over this time. And we haven't done a whole lot of repeats. No, occasionally we'll repeat one, but very seldom actually, very seldom. So, all right, one of the things I'm excited to taste is a coffee liqueur. Oh yeah, and he's uh, he's brought this one along, and I'm very uh, very excited. So we're going to get to that. Jake's going to pour that in our next uh, segment, and also in our next segment, Ian, a little thing that has been missing from our lives for about three and a half weeks. We like to call it. Drinking news. And drinking we'll news. Drinking we'll be right back. Smoking and toasting. It'll be time for drinking news. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Uh, speaking of which, the uh, I mentioned this earlier in the show. The reveal is about to happen for Cigar Aficionado's uh, big cigar uh, list of the best cigars of 2021. So the way it's going to work, today is the 6th of January, a Thursday. On Monday, the 10th, they'll reveal cigars 10, 9, and 8. They, they do this with as much drama and fanfare as they can. On Tuesday, the 11th, they'll do 7, 6, and 5. On Wednesday, the 12th, they'll do 4, 3, and 2. On Thursday, they'll reveal the 2021 Cigar of the Year, which means that by the time we gather for the show next Thursday, we'll know what those top 10 cigars are. And then on Friday the 14th, they give you the 11 through 25. Same thing that revealed. Whiskey so, Advocate does with the whiskeys. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it, it's pretty cool. I mean, again, because it has such an impact on the popularity of different brands, it's it's uh, it's sort of newsworthy based just on that, and they generally don't pick a bad cigar as number one, you know. So so no. we'll we'll be looking forward to seeing uh, what it is. I have no guesses, Ian, as what the cigar of the year will be. I don't even know where to start, you know. No telling. Yeah, I don't even know where to start, but it should be interesting. I do know, however, where to start when it comes to uh, what has become the more popular. Uh, Really, one of the most popular segments on this program. And it's a little something we like to call 
Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, <clears throat> I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Well, uh, welcome back to Drinking News after a couple of week uh, break, of course, where we weren't doing the show. Uh, we remind you, especially those of you who are maybe experiencing your first Drinking News, that our Drinking News stories are things that actually do appear in the media somewhere. They're not stories like from The Onion or from a, uh, you know, a, 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 a spoof news site. Uh, we do our best to determine whether or not they are real. And uh, they are, in fact, stories that may or may not be about drinking. <laughs> but are probably always best listened to or read when you've been drinking. Agreed. And certainly we've been doing that today, so uh, the show's back in full swing. And today's uh, Drinking News story is not about a Florida man. It is about something that went down in the city of Las Vegas with a pop star, Katy Perry. Katy Perry was apparently expecting to be thirsty when she debuted her uh, her residency performance for performance uh, that was called Play in Las Vegas just a week or so ago. In typical Katy Perry fashion, because we all remember the Super Bowl halftime where she did the the left shark, the one that was dancing weird and then fell off the stage and that, that whole you remember that, right? Uh, yeah, so yeah. that was that prompted memes for years, right? Uh, so <laughs> Katy Perry usually does it up with the costumes and all of that. Well, in typical Katy Perry fashion, she pulled out all the stops for the opening night of play at Resorts World in Las Vegas, where she performed on stage in a variety of wild outfits, including a dress featuring beer cans on her boobs that poured out a beverage. Do we have the uh, photo there, Adam? Yes, I believe the photo uh, that is, is up. fantastic. Yeah, so it's a whole new use for uh, beer cans. Fans cheered as she stepped out in a silver sequence. I didn't, didn't think you were going to say beer cans when you... Yeah, yeah, no, beer cans. Uh, fans cheered when she stepped out in a silver sequin mini dress, complete with the two beer cans covering her chest. And at one point during the 90-minute show... Katy Perry sat on a platform on the stage and leaned over a big beer mug and actually used the mechanical bra to fill her glass with beer. So these weren't just these weren't just decorative beer can boob holders. They actually functioned, you know? It's impressive. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, her stunts didn't stop there. She uh, uh, had a show featuring a dancing toilet brush, a toothbrush, toothpaste, and a plunger, along with a big red singing toilet. I'm not sure what all of this means. I'm not sure if I want to see it, but maybe, maybe even just for curiosity's sake, you would have to go. I, I would want to be able to tell the story. I want to be able to tell my grandchildren. Yes, I saw <laughs> this, Katy Perry this pour beer the from state her boobs. Of music in and, 2020. Yeah, the, 2021. absolutely. Somehow, it seems to. And that, my friends, is your drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Woo. Uh, 
So, yeah, the picture, that, that's one of those pictures worth a thousand words type I, things, though. You I know? mean, but seriously, everything you described sounds like an absolute circus. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, absolutely. And for those of you, Josh, who uh, are not uh, uh, enjoying video and didn't get a chance to see, I mean, it's literally Katy Perry's in this in this sort of silver sequiny looking dress. Her hair is long and black. She's got what looks like sunglasses perched on the top of her head and on her Left and right breast are. Well, you remember when Madonna did the really pointy bra? Remember that? That was like a, yeah, a big yeah, deal. Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of like that, except instead of being pointy, they're beer cans. They're the top of the. It's like uh, these. I mean, this can, it's like this. She's there with with that just just and then one the I mean, can on the left is breast is green. Beer can is useful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you got to go with that. If it, especially if she was able to pour beer, it's like you know, it's like way to it's how you carry your beer now. It almost makes her every man's dream I mean, if you think really? about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she can just pour beer. I if if she managed to like store whiskey somewhere else, she'd be like like the perfect woman, right? Right. <laughs> I don't know if you know what I'm doing here. Well, I see, you with the, I see you with the piggyback. Yes, so remember when that got... was really hard to find for a while? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this this was a Christmas gift from a friend of mine who lives around a corner. So you got so, that uh, this Christmas? Yes. Could you rotate that bottle for me? Yeah. Okay. So this you've had it for, what, five, six days? And, uh, and, it's, like, and it's half gone? Just, just comment. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, just commenting. Okay. So, What's wrong so, with that? So two ounces. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and give you the recipe I'm using here while we're while we're doing two so, ounces of this. Are you making an old fashioned? Is that what you're doing? I am. And then uh, it calls for two uh, two uh, teaspoons of simple syrup. But here's what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with one teaspoon of simple syrup. I think you Dude, got that two was about there. five you teaspoons of simple syrup. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> I don't think there was judging, just commentary. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Observation. This, by the way, if you're going to buy maraschino cherries, don't buy those bright Oh, red no, ones. you've got to buy the, the Lozano. These, and these are ridiculously expensive. But worth it. They're actually worth into, the, into yeah. the realm of stupidly expensive. This is a $22 bottle. But you know what it's like? It's like buying good olives if you're making martinis. Uh, yeah, it's the I, same it's, difference. Yeah, those things, those so instead of the two olive. ounces of simple syrup, or the two teaspoons of simple syrup, I'm going to also do one teaspoon of that and then one teaspoon of that juice. Mm, that's a good mm, nice. and then one of these cherries that's a good addition mm-hmm. goes into my glass i like it hmm. am i forgetting anything no this, i think that's it did you do your bitters oh bitters mm. see this program is actually edu- educational right right exactly right? we're showing you how to make stuff got to do a little bit of bitters and again as a classic cocktail you're gonna stir, stir instead of instead of, uh, instead of shake yep 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 so I, I remember when we had Chris Morris, our uh, smoking and toasting cocktail expert, on the show, and he made me realize that martinis, you know, he did went through the whole thing, how James, James Bond kind of messed up the martini because a martini really should be stirred, stirred, not shaken. So I went to stirring all my dirty martinis, and then we had him on again. He goes, oh, dirty? No, 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 you shake those. <laughs> so I'm now back to shaking a dirty uh, my dirty martini because my wife and I love dirty martinis. But if it's so, and then I'm pouring it straight up. It's stirred. If it's a straight up, it's stirred. But if it's dirty, dirty you're better it. off to shake it. Apparently. Okay. And then I'm going to garnish my glass because it's an old fashioned. Right. Oh, I forgot a step. 
the orange peel. Oh, yes. You must express the orange peel. Right, right, right. Into the drink. Mm-hmm. Then you wipe the top of the glass with it. Right, give it that good orangey film. Toss it in there. And then you can garnish this glass many, many ways, but I'm going to go ahead and garnish my glass with uh, a cigar. Oh, nice there, buddy. Nice. Because yeah. that makes the perfect old-fashioned. You got that right. Uh, and how does that taste? Fantastic. <laughs> I uh, I did a test run last night, and I found that two ounce or two teaspoons of simple syrup is a little too sweet. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. But with a little bit of that uh, maraschino cherry juice, it kind of yeah, it, it kind of gives you a little sour for it and makes dark it, makes and delicious. It and I don't know if you recognize this cigar that I have here. I do actually. That looks like that Padilla uh, Robusto that I uh, yes, uh, put in your pack of cigars be my for next Christmas. Cigar today. Yeah, okay. very nice, very nice. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a fairly straightforward cigar. It's not hugely complex, but I like the uh, the pepperiness of it and the way it uh, the way it kind of uh, unfolds on you as you as you smoke it. So, so. this uh, AJ Fernandez blend has gotten to be uh, definitely a. Uh, Generally getting into the uh, beginnings of medium strength now, mm-hmm. a little pepper backbone to it. But man, the toast and the sweet and the nuttiness in this and the, the, the hint of chocolate and coffee are fantastic all nice. the way through this cigar. Very, very nice. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right. We are going to now finally, because we've been, it's been sitting here in my hand for far too long. <laughs> uh, we are going to now uh, sample this Café del Fuego. It's been barrel aged by one year. It is a, uh, a coffee liqueur. It says mm-hmm. true coffee liquor on the top. And uh, tell me about tell me about where this came from and how it happened. I know about the uh, iron root barrels, so, but how did this how did this originate? So Café del Fuego is um, owned by Remington Family Distillers. They also make a whiskey mm-hmm. um, and a vodka. Um, so there are Remington Family Distillers as a part of the festival and. As I was talking to them, they they were like, you know, it'd be really cool if we could do a barrel-aged um, coffee liqueur of Fuego. And I was like, ooh, that does sound interesting. I really wanted the barrel after it was done, right? So oh, we could gotcha. take it back, yeah, right? right, right. And so it was one of these things. So I was finally, I was, the owner and I were able to sit down, Mark, and we were like, okay, let's do it. So I went to, drove to Iron Root, uh, picked up two barrels that were, Jonathan them had freshly dumped, mm-hmm. drove it back down. Uh, to Dripping Springs is where they're based, and we he filled them, and then our schedules. I mean, it was we filled them in August of 2020. So between schedules and everything, it just kind of we weren't able to get together or sample it or do anything. Finally, when we did, it was like we got together, and he's like, I was like, you realize it's been a year since these?" He's like, "No, it couldn't have been." It's like, "Yeah." <laughs> so we siphoned some out of the barrel and. We walked into the tasting room. We were just kind of sitting there, and we both took a sip, and we're like, well, it's kind of disappointing. And because it just tasted like Cafe del Fuego. So we sat there, we were just talking about other things, and finally I just I picked the glass up again and went, oh, there it is. And it just needed time, I guess, to open up. Yeah, after, right. Yeah, after it had sat, sat in the barrel yeah, for a year. Yeah. And, and this is what we ended up with, and it is just fantastic. It is wonderful on the nose. It's got almost a. Um, and I say this in not in a negative way, but almost a burnt roasted coffee bean mm-hmm. uh, note to the nose. And that, but, it, and that, but it's very enticing. And almost like a vanilla extract. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, if if somebody uh, leaves the coffee pot on a little too long, if it if it goes 
another minute, the smell is not going to be good. But right when it first starts to be sort of uh, toasty, mm. it, it's a pretty good. That's that's what I'm getting on on the nose on this. And I think and that mm. that toastiness is coming from what the what the barrel did to the coffee liqueur because you don't get that same wow. type of toastiness in the regular yeah. Cafe del Fuego. So. So this is delicious. What is the AB? This is twenty percent. Oh yeah. So it's forty proof. It's forty proof. It's absolutely easy drinking. Um, out by fire on a cool night. Right. This would this be fantastic. This would totally work. And I think it'd go great with the right cigar as well. Oh, I to- it totally would because, because it's with got all that- so much coffee to yes, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know what this could be like? Like you said, out by a fire on a cold night. This could totally replace the hot toddy. It also. The coffee liqueur also makes a great cocktail called the Texas Revolver, and I'm drawing mm. a blank on exactly what's in it other than whiskey and the coffee liqueur. But um, The Texas Revolver. I like the sound of it, though. Um, but so anyways, this was the whiskey, the aging in this I adds a little bit on the palate. You get a little bit of that, um, I guess, that whiskey. You do pick up the whiskey, but from a faintness of like the barrel, you pick up a little mm-hmm. bit of that oak spice in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's set- definitely a little oak spice. Yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. There. So now we've taken those barrels back to Iron Root, and we are going to put whiskey back in them. <laughs> I love that you keep like mixing it up. Like it's like okay, we're not done yet. We're gonna now go put whiskey in this and 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 bourbon in this. I and mean, like uh, the whole point of collaboration shot. is to have some fun and experiment, right? Well, yeah. And, and at some point, we're gonna have one that doesn't work out, right? And you're just gonna have to throw it out, yeah, right? right? But yeah. but until then. We're just going to keep doing uh, it and try it. I love it. it. I absolutely love it. So the, ask, the ingredients in the Texas Revolver, Yeah. at least on liquor.com, it says two ounces of bourbon, a half ounce of coffee liqueur, two dashes of orange bitters, and then whatever garnish you want. Here it says flamed orange peel. See, that sounds delicious. Yeah. And especially when sipping on this, it sounds really yeah, delicious. I was say, you could add a little bourbon and a little orange bitters to this, and mm-hmm. you got off you go. Yeah. yeah. The, the, you uh, guys are making me jealous. You get a little bit of that chocolate. Uh, to, yeah. Says Mr. I'm smoking one of the AJ Fernandez. Is greatest creations during the show. It's yeah. pretty fantastic. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love it. I love and by it. By the way, it goes well with the uh, with, with the, the old, old fashioned. fashioned. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So let me ask you this question: um, mm-hmm. The world obviously has changed a lot in the last couple of years with COVID, with the way that people have responded. This time around, with the Omicron uh, variant, which seems to be you know very very communicable. Uh, very contagious, but we're not seeing the lockdowns. Right. Well, from where you sit, as a guy who does a big whiskey festival and and events every year, what do you think our future looks like? Can, I mean, you, would you dare to I speculate? Don't, I don't, because I think the moment I do, I'm gonna it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna go shift a you know a complete opposite direction, a third prong or whatever. I mean, you know, sports has kind of come back, but it's been different and. And you know festivals have kind of come back, but they've they've been different. Like they have been. Do you do you think we'll ever get back to the way that things were, or do you think our new reality is going to be a more, maybe a more careful approach, like some of the things that you've been doing? I since think you we're came gonna. I think at least for the immediate future, we're gonna have to take a careful approach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, until. Unless this ever becomes something like what the common flu is, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that, then we're always going to have to be more careful about how we approach events. Um, but we are seeing events come back. We're seeing live music start to come back. Right, we're right. seeing festivals come back, um, sporting events. They're coming back slowly, and they are looking a little different. And I think we're going to continue to see that. At the same time, there are certain events that 
look like they happened back in 2019. Yeah, I I've mean, seen a few of those so, where people are just you know all jammed together and and but, thinking, wow. But at know? the same time, people, I don't, I mean, we're also seeing people are eager to have that experience again mm-hmm. and are willing to do it. Um, and then it's just weighing, you know, what's responsible versus, you know, what you can do just because you can. I think that's the line that will move. Right. Is what's considered, you know, responsible, what's considered risky. I mean, let's face it. There is very little that we as humans being human beings do that carries no risk at all. Right. You know, you get behind the wheel of a car, mm-hmm. uh, even, you know, smoking a cigar or drinking a cocktail. Like, there's... These things are not with zero risk. Absolutely. At some point, I think we'll get to the point where if we go to a crowded concert event or to a, a crowded whiskey festival or whatever it might be, that we're going to say, you know what, it's this is at this stage of wherever we are, this is a risk that I'm okay with accepting. But I don't think we're there yet. Well, I mean, I think in some instances you're already seeing that. People are yeah. okay. And I think it all depends on where the ebbs and flows of what we're dealing with from well, a standpoint, we, right? Well, we so, were definitely getting there before Omicron. Right. And so we were, seeing a, we were seeing that, you know, that ebb, that little dip in it. And so everybody was becoming more comfortable with whatever the risk is. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden this Omicron comes up and it's highly communicable and all of those things. And they're just like, ooh, is it really worth the risk just yet? Just yet, right. But... If it maintains, the longer it maintains, the more people are going to be willing to accept that risk, or as it dips. I mean, you know, yeah, we're social creatures we as are. human beings, and, and we kind of crave yeah, getting people, together. People are dying to get out. Ian they and are. I got together over the holidays and went over to Eighth Wonder uh, Brewing in East uh, Downtown Houston, sat and had a couple of beers and smoked a cigar, and it just felt so good to be out with a friend. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? We weren't doing a show. We weren't doing anything. Like, we were we were just sitting and, and having beers and and talking about whatever and uh, and enjoying cigars. And it was it was so much fun. I just I came home and I I told my wife I said I had such a good time today. Like, it was just it was just something that had been missing from life. Oh, absolutely. You know? And I and yeah. And I do think after you know up in Tom and Cron, people were really were ready to take that risk and wanted to go back to have some, yeah. at least some normalcy. And this has scared us back into our corners a little to bit. Some, you know? yeah. I mean, for some, to some degree it has, and then others, I mean, are like, well, okay, it is more contagious, but we're not seeing as many, we're not seeing the um, side effects, the side effects of getting it uh, have not are, been as are bad, milder, right? right? Well, and so mm-hmm. they're like, ooh, well, uh, you know, and your personal choices are your personal choices, and, and that's fine. I, you know, yeah, it's, and it's very much like the... Uh, uh, the vaccinations. Mm-hmm. It's like some people who you know got the the first or second vaccination or the booster, like it like put them down for a day. Other people had like no, you know no nothing. Effects. I I had like man, I got that I got that booster and that booster just knocked me out. Yeah, for two and see, days. I had no problem with the booster at all. I was a little fatigued after the second vaccination, I hadn't, but the next day I was fine. Nothing you know? with any of them. Yeah, didn't so, have any. But experience just it. like that experience varies so it wildly does. among people. I think the uh, the actual disease itself is is, uh, is is varied. But I don't know. I just as a person who one of my favorite things in the world has always been enjoying the culture of hole in the wall bars oh, yeah. around the country and trying to visit them. You know, yeah. everywhere. That I go. That's something that's been really, really missing, and I'm I'm glad to see that, on some level, 
we seem to be getting back to that. I, I actually cheered the day I rounded the corner um, uh, several blocks from my building and saw that Reserve 101 was open again downtown mm-hmm. in Houston. I was like, yes, they made it through. Like, I was That's so awesome. happy, you know, because it's just such a great little whiskey bar. That's you know? a great bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right. So uh, let's take a break. We want to come back and, and kind of wrap up. But I have to tell you, the, these have both been absolutely delicious. And I'm, I don't drink a whole lot of coffee liqueur, but that was that was sensational. It's not necessarily my, like, go-to, yeah. but um, this turned out I, far better than I actually ever anticipated. And that, yeah. it just, it's so good. And I may have to make a uh, trip to uh, Manor. Uh, to Manor, yeah, because this, uh, this Tom Roy is good stuff. Ian, I wish you'd been able to sample a little of that. Uh, I'm going to well, pour some I in his I think I'm going to have to go to the uh, whiskey uh, festival. Yeah, I, please do festival. come. I'd love to have you all as a guest. And you will have some of this there, would you? Well, as long as we have some left. Okay. I understand this. I understand this. All right. We'll be back to wrap up the show. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for sticking with us through the uh, holiday, by the way, and and coming back in January. We're here, and we're loud, and we're proud, and we're smoking and toasting. We'll be right back. Feel free to pour yourself Welcome back into Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ian's enjoying a hand-rolled cigar. I'm certainly enjoying a fine spirit as I went back for a little more of this uh, single malt uh, Tom Roy with the brandy barrel finish. And you mentioned... It wasn't just brandy, but it was brandy that had an it was orange. It was an orange muscat brandy. Orange muscat brandy, that, yeah. Uh, from Andalusia Whiskey Company, which, speaking of, are the only Texas distillery that made Whiskey Advocates top 20 whiskeys this year. Wow. Uh, it was number 20, but it was their Striker, which is a Texas smoked single malt. So they smoked mm. their barley with uh, mesquite, oak, and apple. Yeah. But it made number 20 on Whiskey Advocates list. Well, it's very interesting. Now, Texas whiskey generally does pretty well. Balcones has been uh, Balcones uh, is, represented. Balcones was represented, and then Andalusia. They're the only two that's made Whiskey Advocates top 20 of the year list. Interesting. Now, interesting. there's been tons of articles and things around it because they are well represented across the country, mm-hmm. but... Anyways, but you're talking about Whiskey Advocate, Whiskey yeah, Cigar yeah. Aficionado, right. same company, sure. right? Absolutely, yeah. yes. So, Ian, I see you displaying your uh, smoking and toasting bottle opener there. That's a that's a pretty cool device. This is uh, pretty amazing. Someone gave that to me for uh, Christmas. I believe that was you. <laughs> yes, I believe it was. Uh, so now you and see how the cap just falls into that box, so you can collect it later. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love that it. Works I love it. Pretty perfectly. So you're uh, you're pouring yourself the Weyerbacher, are you not? I am. Yeah. And this is a barley wine. Tell, tell us about this again, Ian. It's a barley wine. This is from uh, Pennsylvania. This is a barley wine. I'm reporting this cup. Yeah, I think we're I think we're having a little lockup with your video. So uh, we'll give it a moment to clear I up. I love barley wine. Yes, I know you're a barley wine this fan. So at 11 percent. Yeah. Ooh, that's a nice there one. Then. Yeah. Oh, are we frozen? Uh, we're back now. We're back. So, uh, go ahead and uh, go ahead and drink. Are we back? Okay, we are back. Cool. Yes. <laughs> I had an unstable connection there for a second. Yeah, we saw we saw you freeze up, but that's okay. You ah, were talking barley wine, noted. and we're okay. good. Yeah. So, uh, so you poured the barley, barley wine. wine. Yeah, you're a barley wine type of dude. I like barley wine. It's been a while since I've had a good mm-hmm. one, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we talk about a lot here on the show is that 
American barley wines have a tendency to be more carbonated and and we're less inclined. Both of us, yeah, more carbonated, more hopped. Both of us are a little less inclined to like them than we are the more traditional European say, style barley. I was wines. gonna say I don't yeah. know that I've had a barley wine that was like hopped. I just I remember them being. So, more, I there's guess, a, there's a whole fruity. rash of American-style barley wine, and American-style barley wine is like you take a good barley wine, and you put a bunch of hops in it and ruin it. <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> At least Ian's yeah. not really so, opinionated on the subject. It's freaking awful. So what would be a, um, a few it's, barley it's wines like, you would recommend that we can get here that are good in the States? It's like biting into a... It's, it's like taking a spoonful of pudding and there's a hair in it or something. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not good. So, Ian, what barley wine would you recommend if he wants to try out some good yeah. barley wine? Would I recommend? Uh, oh, man, if you could get a touch with this one, this is fantastic. Unfortunately, there's just not that many barley wines out right now, uh, and I keep searching for them, and most of the ones you find are American-style barley wines. Now, uh, if you can find one that's less hop, they're a little more... Uh, they're they're better, but I would the say problem if, is there's just yeah, not many. So many if if you go to like say a Specs mm-hmm. and you're looking through the beer aisle, look first where the bombers are because right. barley wines are Usu- less likely to be in cans. I was going to say they're usually in the bomber bottles, style because right. they're high ABV. Right, and, right. exactly, yeah. and and they're a little more expensive. So look for that, and then as a rule of thumb. Don't buy any that say American, American barley, barley wines <laughs> if, if you're looking for what we're talking about. Now, yeah. now some people may like that. It's just Ian and I uh, it's have a personal, to it's all both, personal preferences. Yeah, but feel that I'm not a hop fan, yeah. so I would definitely lean away from the American if, barley wine. If you see you one that calls itself European style barley wine, that might be worth trying. Or English, English barley wine. Okay. Yep, It'd yep. be worth trying. Or okay. if it simply doesn't say American style barley wine, generally it's going to be pretty good. But, uh, like if you buy uh, Sisyphus, is about as good as it gets for an American style barley wine. That's made from real ale. It's a little hoppy, but it's still pretty good. But my favorite barley wines, like this Weyerbacher, is ridiculous. It's sticky. It's sweet. It's over the top. It's like fig and raisiny. It's uh, it's high alcohol. It's so many things. And I absolutely love that about these barley wines. Uh, when you get an American-style barley wine, they take all these things that I love about a barley wine, and then they stick an an amazing amount of hops in there. Mm-hmm. It just ruins it. Plus, American barley wines have a tendency to be a little more carbonated. And barley wine's yeah. just not one of those styles of a, that you want a lot of fizz say, on the top. I was going to say, you want it a little look bit more the, still. Look at the carbonation yeah, in here. Exactly. It's so, so minimal. Exactly. I can I can pour it hard, and it doesn't even. Say, it should, that's exactly how. <laughs> that's it like a Chris be, Hart yeah. hard pour, and it doesn't even uh, raise Almost the foam. Almost nothing. Yeah, like yeah. it barely gets the fizz on the top, and it's fantastic. This is my favorite thing. Well, I want to leave you guys with a uh, a piece of news that that you know maybe a little bit of a shakeup to the beverage industry. Uh, when it comes to canned cocktails, I think the innovator, the leader may not even be an alcoholic beverage company. The Coca-Cola company is responsible for releasing what I believe is the tastiest craft hard seltzer out there, which is Topo Chico hard Uh. seltzer. Uh, I'm not a huge 
hard seltzer fan. I drink them occasionally. But, man, the Topo Chico to me is head and shoulders above uh, most everything else that I've tried. And you, you remember, Ian, we, uh, we both we've talked about this. The Topo Chico hard seltzer is, uh, is a winner. You know what the difference is? Tell me. It's that artificial sweetener taste mm-hmm. that you get in every single one. There's very few, and Topo Chico is one of them, that don't have that artificial Don't have that aftertaste. aftertaste. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. I got you. All right. Well, now the cook- it makes it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Cook- no, you go ahead. It makes it. I was going to say, and it makes it into a drink that you can actually drink. And enjoy. Yes. And not absolutely hate the aftertaste. Well, the Coca-Cola Company, which owns, by the way, Constellation Brands, which is, uh, uh, well, actually, they don't own it. They're in a partnership with them. Uh, Constellation does Corona and a number of other uh, beers. Uh, Constellation Brands and Coca-Cola are launching, I think, what may be the next craze in canned cocktails. It's Fresca with with alcohol. It's going to be called... Ah. um, It's going to be called... uh, I'm looking for the name. I'm sorry, I, I had it here, but I lost it. But it's going to be—I think it's going to be called Fresca Fresca Free. In any case, it's being launched, and it's going to be now. We heard about Hard Mountain Dew, which Pepsi, Coke's competitor, is putting out this Interesting. year. Interesting. Uh, but Fresca is going to be launched as a an alcoholic beverage, and uh, the analysts are saying that it is poised to be very, very big. Personally. I really like Fresca. Like I, I don't drink them all the time, but I really like It's been like a long them. time since I've had one. It was a little overpowering, you know I guess. The, fr- the 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 flavoring of it was for me last time I had Fresca, a Fresca. mixed is what it's going to be called. Sorry, you I know found what the name. you can do that's actually really good. I buy uh, unsweetened, uh, uh, what do they call it? Carbonated mm-hmm. flavored waters, right? I call them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like the, the, seltzer, have, non-hard like, seltzer, like Lacroix, like or, a sparkling uh, water, right, a sparkling one, Spark, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a seltzer water, but not a hard one, seltzer, right? If you take that and you simply pour some uh, vodka into it, it yeah. makes a pretty damn good drink. Oh, that's let, all you got to do. Yeah, but yeah. it's two parts. It's this and this, and that's it. Well, the, and it makes a pretty damn good. Okay, drink. here's a big secret for you. Ready? Crystal light, fruit punch, vodka. And a dash of Topo Chico. Ah. It's like the easiest and most delicious cocktail you'll ever make. Because literally you go like about uh, two-thirds of the of the punch, it's, a third vodka, as, Topo Chico, done. Mm. Pour it over so ice. So it's as drunk as you want to get right? with a dash of Topo Chico. That's so right. There, uh, <laughs> there, uh, my wife does that with She gets the uh, pear vodka. Oh, yeah, yeah. With lemonade. And I will tell with you, lemonade. I was hesitant. The first time it was Fourth of July, so it was smoking hot and poured it over ice, and I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> like, I was like, "This is no, we, I was like I can't drink this. This is going to be bad." We should do a whole show actually on ridiculously easy cocktails, so, stuff that's just like I, I'm thing, down with that. A thing and a spirit. Oh, that'd you know? be cool. But that, the the Pepsi or the the Mountain Dew hard yeah, thing hard Mountain up, Dew reminds me of the line from. Um, Oh God, Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights. Oh yeah, Talladega Where he's like, I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew. Gives a whole new meaning to I'm all. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Save me, Tom Cruise. Uh, okay. Yeah, right. uh, well, well, listen, it has uh, really been a pleasure having you back on the show again. Uh, give us one more reminder of the date and website information for yeah. the Texas Whiskey so Festival. So the festival is going to be on May 13th and 14th of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, website is txwhiskeyfest.com. And you can get tickets there, right? Uh, tickets go on sale Monday. Okay, perfect. Uh, and so, yes, tickets go on sale Monday, and you can get them right there on the website. Mm. Mm. Awesome. And if there's any left, you can sample some of this Tom Roy while you're there. Exactly. Which is reason enough all by itself to go. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I mean, this if, is if good stuff. we're anticipating having 30-plus Texas-based distilleries there, or at least That's 30 awesome. there. I mean, nice. uh, in 2020, well, even last year, we had 27 represented. That's great. Um, so... I would imagine that we're not going to slide backwards, especially depending. Well, it's all going to depend on where we're at, right? Um, mm-hmm. But no, there's going to be a ton of whiskey, cigars. By the way, we're going to have a Balcony Cigar Project come out by that time, I think. Ooh, this uh, is oh, Balcony's talked to us about that last time they were on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So we've been working on this for, I guess, years now. But it's, Right, I think but, it's been in, in development yeah, yeah. for a long time. Yeah. But we should be out hopefully by um, the festival and awesome. available for purchase at the festival at that point. So. Um, cigars, whiskey, food, music, it, you know, what more can you want? Awesome. It sounds, good sounds like a party to me. Uh, well, thank you very much for uh, joining us again. Please know that you're welcome anytime. And Ian, my friend, it's so good to see you, even if it's on a screen. And hopefully you'll be back in the studio with us next week. I'll uh, be back next week, sir. All right. Uh, wonderful. Thank you uh, to Adam on the Wheels of Steel. Uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in. So many of you uh, were on the uh, comments and chat today. Uh, I'm just glad you, you found us again after our uh, slightly longer than planned break. Have a wonderful new year, and uh, cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers, y'all.